The Wrestling Nerds Radio Network presents... Take a seat and buckle up, folks, because Chad Allen, Shelly Allen, Zach Romero, and Luna Lynn are here to violate your ear holes with more indie wrestling, pop culture, and pee-pee humor than you could possibly mentally or emotionally prepare for. You're here for reviews, interviews, nonsense, and more nonsense. It's the IndieCast! Greetings, everybody. Welcome once again to the IndieCast. Chad Allen here with you with another Barbara Walter special episode. Yes, it's just little old me again. Uh, so uh, don't worry, that'll change next week, uh, where I think we should have the whole crew back. Uh, but that's okay, because this week, once again, we have a very special guest with us. Um, uh, one that I'm excited to have on for a few different reasons, because we've got a, a few different topics, uh, including... Uh, deathmatch wrestling and the like that I definitely want to talk to this gentleman about, but also I'm excited to have him on uh, because uh, one Eddie Torrest uh, told me on four different social medias I better book him uh, or else, and when Eddie Torrest speaks, we listen. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, on with us this week, the new bad boy of pro wrestling, the king of slap style himself, Alex Ocean is with us. Alex, welcome to the IndyCast. How's it going? Thanks for having me. Excellent, sir. Well, we're going to start every episode the way we do uh, every week is what we call the lightning round, our uh, quick way to get rid of the one kind of dumb podcast question uh, that everybody asks, and then we throw in our own ridiculousness from there. So uh, let us start the lightning round with that one question that we're always trying to get rid of. Uh, who, uh, who trained you and when did you debut? I was trained by Pablo Marquez. I started training about two years ago. I had my first match, I think, like 18 months ago. Okay, so fairly recent. Very interesting. Okay, well, we'll, we'll definitely talk about that in a second. What uh, What is your first wrestling memory? Uh, first wrestling memory, I guess, would be probably my first bump. Just taking the first bump in the ring, trying to roll for the first time. That first first day that I stepped into the facility. Okay. Now, were you a wrestling Were you a wrestling fan before? Obviously, getting into the trying to get into the sport. Were you a big fan previous? Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. What's your first uh, wrestling memory as a kid? Um, man, I don't, I don't remember exactly, but I do remember it was an episode of like SmackDown right when it started. And I think there was a match between like Triple H and like the British Bulldog right at the end of his career when he was like wearing the jeans. I remember something, some kind of angle with them and the rock coming out. I don't remember exactly, but that's kind of one of the first things I remember. Like I had watched it before then, but that, I remember that one like stuck in my mind. Okay. Uh, so you are uh, stuck on a deserted island. You can only bring out one album with you, one piece of music. Uh, what album is that and why? Um, Jesus, that's pretty rough. I don't know if I want to listen to anything that long. <laughs> um, it would probably be in a Day to Remember album. Um, they're my favorite band, so I'm going to go with them. Um, I would say... Uh, I guess the Homesick was their probably their best one, so okay. we'll go with that one. Very nice. Oh, <laughs> uh, what is the last movie that made you, Alex Ocean, cry? Um, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Nothing, not an emotional movie person, eh? Uh, you know, I feel like I am, but I just nothing, nothing's, uh, nothing's coming to mind right now. Okay. Uh, 
And then uh, last question of the lightning round, and the, the important one, my uh, my wife's favorite question, the one that can get you kicked out of uh, get, uh, kicked out of our house, house, Marvel or DC, and why? Um, I'm not a huge fan of either, but I'm going with Marvel. I just feel like the uh, characters are a bit more interesting. Okay. So now, why why not a fan of either? Um, well, it's really oversaturated, I feel, like in Hollywood right now. But then, like, when I was growing up, I was never a big, like, superhero guy. I was more like an anime fan. So okay. I always... I always went towards that route as opposed to uh, what we had in the U.S. Well, then let's let's follow that a little bit. So uh, what was the anime that you were most into as a child, and what's the one that everybody should be watching right now? Uh, Dragon Ball Z was the one that got me, got me into everything. Right. I don't really watch much anime now, but I have um, watched, I'm not done with it yet, but I've watched Dragon Ball Super, you know, staying with the roots. Okay. Yeah, I think Dragon Ball Z is the one that probably got everybody into it back in the day. Um, or, or Pokemon, I think Pokemon would, would count in some, somewhat in that instance. Uh, I know that my wife lately has been watching and I do recommend, um, oh God, what's the superhero one she's watching now? And I'm, I'm going to completely blank on it. I had it in my head just a second ago. I'll have to find it later. I'm going to have to edit it in. It was, I can't believe I can't think of it. Uh, but there's a, a, a superhero school one that she's been watching. There are people right now screaming at their screaming at their, their uh, podcast players right now. So, uh, okay. So uh, I, I introduced you with a few, uh, a couple different nicknames. The new bad boy of professional wrestling, the king of slap style. Uh, there was uh, one more that we kind of, I didn't mention, but I would like to ask about now. Uh, how did the moniker of Alex Ocean Can't Die develop? Uh, so that one just came up. So the, uh, the new bad boy thing I've actually just recently dropped is uh, causing me more problems than it was worth. <laughs> Um, there's a whole backstory on why I did that and it wasn't just to be a dick um, but so I kind of dropped that and the can't die thing kind of came up I did uh, it was like two week, only two weeks ago now um, I've had like a series of videos now that have kind of all gone viral and the latest one was jumping off the giant ladder um, in the TLC match um, and that one you know within a month I had like six videos all just kind of circulate throughout the wrestling community. So somebody just kind of came up um, and they said, you know, screw the bad boy. They're like, your gimmick is that you just can't die. And I just kind of like the way it sounds. So I just kind of started, started posting on things to see if it would see how it sounded. So now let's ask about that, that jump, obviously, because that is, that is a big thing that did get, that did go all over the place on that one. Um, I am always interested to know what is, what what's your thought climbing up? What's your thought just before you jump? What's the thought once it lands? Or is is there really? Can, do you really have time to even consider thought on any of this while you're while you're doing it? Um, I mean, yeah, that spot, that spot particularly, I had planned for a while, but it was um, it was nerve wracking. I was super nervous that whole day. And then, like, we went through the match, everything went good, you know, you, you kind of forget about it, but then once it came to, like, that point in the match, um, then the kind of the nerves started hitting again, like, as I climbed up the ladder, there's no big deal, um, I got up to where I was going to jump, and I mean, the adrenaline just kind of, you know, pushed me at that point, and, you know, all I just said to myself was, like, you know, here we go, like, there's no turning back, and I just said, uh, please don't die as I jumped. <laughs> 
Um, and as soon as I landed, I couldn't even hold back the smile on my face just because I landed so perfectly and I was safe and he was safe and the crowd's reaction. So um, very, very happy once I was on the ground. <laughs> yeah, or yeah, or, or hurtling through the to the ground as it were in that instance. So is is. Is that like the the uh, scariest spot you think you've? Uh, oh God, I'm sorry, I used the term spot, Zach. For those, pardon me, pardon me, just a moment, Alex. For those of you playing the drinking the IndyCast drinking game at home, please go ahead and take a drink because I use the term spot, which is one we usually try not to use. Uh, is that the scariest thing you think you've done so far, or what? Uh, you know, as it as you're, you know, and God, you've only been doing this a year and a half, so I thought, I, you know, I, so yeah. as, as death as as your career goes so far is that the scariest thing you think you've done so far or is there something that's uh in your in your deathmatch career so far that's been you have thought might have been a scarier incident for you uh i mean i've had a couple there's a i've done a, a couple balcony dives the first one was very nerve-wracking um especially because before i did it, it wasn't a big deal but then i looked back and just thought that i, I did an elbow drop which essentially you're leading with the under part of your arm and armpit uh through a bundle of light tubes so hindsight that wasn't very intelligent um but i was very nervous for that one because that was kind of like my first like stunt like big spot like that um yeah so those are probably the two two top ones i've had some other ones where i've just kind of like done some things where things could go very wrong it wasn't entirely like, super nervous about it and then it happened and like things didn't go wrong and i went i got lucky and they went right and so so let me yeah. ask you how long from when you are you know get out of training so you're learning the the basics i assume you know might like most wrestling schools they're they're teaching you the you know how to lock up and how to shoot the ropes and and all those things from how long from there till you go? I want to. I want to do the deathmatch stuff. Um. Well, I had my first match three months in. It's actually live. My first match wasn't eighteen months ago. It was like 21, 22 months ago. Okay. Um, but um, you know, I had my debut, and then I've always been interested in like the hardcore stuff, but I never gave like the deathmatch thing like a thought because it's just so looked down upon. Um, by certain people mm-hmm. and I was surrounded by a lot of them I feel uh, but I found um, the company No Peace Underground in Orlando and I just it was just super interesting I watched some of their videos and um, so I just went up there I messaged a couple people nothing happened I just went up there um, to watch and then uh, after that they just appreciated it and offered me a spot and I did the spot I know I'm not supposed to say that word but um it was just literally uh, Schlack was in the match and he just killed everybody they just needed bodies so I did that and then they asked if I wanted to have a match I said yes and I did it and it was um, it's probably the most fun I've ever had wrestling when I did my first death match uh, and it was funny too um, Effie messaged me and asked how it went and I told him that it was the most fun I've ever had and he said that uh, he's like well you're ruined now <laughs> so um, but yeah, that was back in May. Was my first death match. So okay. I mean, I've only been doing death matches for a couple of months now. So now, now here's where I one of the main reasons that, because that company uh, specifically was was one of the main reasons I was definitely excited to, to have you on because I will be honest and and we are a very 
open-minded show, and so, and I don't want to, I'm not trying to come through argumentative here. I, I truly want, am asking this question and, uh, from a curious spot. I am not normally a big deathmatch person. Uh, I don't know if anybody on the show really is and we follow the scene as much, but I'm interested to know from somebody who who does it now, explain to me and, and a lot of, you know, our listeners, some of them who are probably huge deathmatch fans and some who are not, why why we should follow deathmatch wrestling closer what it is about deathmatch wrestling that we should be we should be watching and then i want to talk about no peace underground as a whole um i mean you know they're not for everybody and i completely understand that um you know i know people that like to do them but they don't like to watch them i know people that like to watch them they don't like to you know they don't like to do deathmatches i know people that you know hate everything about them people that love everything about them so it's just personal preference you know I like I said I always like the hardcore aspect um, and it just kind of takes it up another level um, and I mean most things I mean you get cut up and you get bloody and if that bothers you then like don't watch it but I think it it can add to the drama and I do understand like some people think it's it's an overkill when you have an entire show uh, full of that so like I can get that too so it just just depends on um, you know what you like my the one thing I do like um, so if you're like watching it, you like a stream or like a, you know online or a DVD or something, it's not quite the same. But when you're there in person, like that, the whole atmosphere is very hard to replicate. Even with like the top independent wrestling promotions, where you know everybody is very involved and very vocal, um, I feel like most of the deathmatch community like takes it up even further, and it's just um, it's very addicting. The crowd. Okay. Well, that, so let's talk a little bit about No Peace Underground specifically then, because one of the things that I find very interesting about No Peace Underground, and I'm starting to see this sprout up more and more, but I, as far as I'm aware, they were the first one of the first companies to make um, No Ring very much a, a part of their show, um, which I find very interesting. So talk... Talk a little bit about, uh, you know, tell people a little bit about No Peace Underground and 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 how it's kind of different, obviously, because w- when you're training, you're dealing with the, the ring is uh, almost another character in, you know, in a match. So what's it like when you're dealing without having it there anymore? Yeah. Um, so first I have to plug uh, Casanova Valentine is the reason the whole No Ring thing like kind of blew up in the U.S. Um, not that long ago and. Um, no Peace was one of the first companies he was affiliated with, from my understanding. So um, that's kind of how it came to be. And yeah, so it's basically like a bar setting, and it's um, it, it feels like Fight Club. Have you ever seen the movie Fight Club? Like the people like circle around you, and mm-hmm. um, you know, there's just two people, and you go at it, and there's you know weapons sporadically around, and it's just two guys, you know, beating the hell out of each other. Um, yeah, it's 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 totally different. Um, it's a totally different way to work. You can't, you know, take many bumps because the hardwood floor, you know, there's no rope spots, there's no anything like that. Um, so it almost makes you um, just learn to, to do things a different way, I guess. Great. Now, who are some of the people other, I mean, and Casanova, obviously, uh, and by the way, Casanova, if you're listening, we'd love to have you on too. Um, other, than, other than Casanova, who are some of the people uh, well, either quite honestly, deathmatch or not, uh, or just even in the hardcore scene that that were kind of influences for you getting into this. Um, you know, getting it. I mean, yeah, growing up, you know, big McFoley, uh, 
Jeff Hardy, you know, just like, I like the, the spots. In, in death matches, I like to think of it as there's kind of two different kinds of death match wrestlers. There's the very, um, like, uh, old school, like, slasher type, you know, they do a lot of, like, the skewers and, like, stick stuff in each other, like, you know, skewers and forks and things like that, very... Um, like an old school style and like what I do is more of like a um, more like stunt baits you know like dives and more more current wrestling style um, sure so I just try to take you know I'm not exactly a high flyer but I just try to take that risk taking aspect of, of wrestling and then just you know adding it to the environment around you in, in the no ring um, I wouldn't really say I had too many influences in death matches because I didn't really follow death matches before I started doing them I just kind of well, let me let me ask you. Interestingly enough, that you mentioned uh, one Mick Foley. Uh, tell me a little bit what went through your mind uh, when Mick Foley decided to twist your nipple. <laughs> uh, I was actually super upset because I was supposed to get the sock. He told me right before we went out because I had my nipples pierced. He's like, "Oh, I might <laughs> twist your nipples instead of giving you the sock." And I was like. Yeah, right, okay. Uh, but then he actually did it, and I was I was a little upset that I didn't get the sock, to be honest. Yeah, no, I get you, because you expect, because, like, that's a little, like, um, the the moment, what was it, a little while back when Jake the Snake Roberts showed up on Raw and DDT'd uh, Dean Ambrose and then put the snake on him, and you could see, like, Ambrose's smile from a mile away, because, like, you, if you're going to get in there with Jake, you have to deal with the snake. If you're getting in there with Foley, it has you have to deal with the sock. I think that's... Kind of the way, kind of the way it would be in that instance. That's that's almost too bad now that you didn't. So, um, I am interested to know, and this has become quite the topic lately uh, in wrestling. And actually, Eddie Torres has talked a lot about this individual, uh, not in the nicest way. Um, I, I'm interested to know what your thoughts are, in particular, is um, about the 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 character known as Superhuman. Uh, are you? In, are you insulted, or are you kind of cool with, with how he's uh, kind of risen to fame lately? Man, um, you know, when he first started doing it, I was actually a big fan because I thought it was hilarious. I think maybe now it's a little overkill. They might be taking it too far, but you know, at the end of the day, um, if somebody has a problem with you know, a promoter booking somebody that they think they're going to draw, then maybe they're doing something wrong. It's kind of like my mindset. Um you know that you know I don't it's neither here nor there you know I don't run the show so I don't book it I think it's interesting it's very interesting I think he's a character um I don't mind him coming to shows and doing spots I'm not a huge fan of him being in like actual matches now I think right. that's the only thing right and I think I'm I'm probably kind of with you on that one it's like to, to show up and you know maybe hit that one surprise stunner or something like that or you know right the, the Ethan Page stunner was hilarious and it was right. perfect game changer um the last thing that I've seen he was in like a, a match and it would like pin Joey Ryan and I was like nah alright yeah <laughs> I find I find the overall I find the fact that he's even become famous interesting unto itself some days but that's a whole other story um so I'm going to, uh, I'm going to play a, a fun little round of uh, kind of F. Mary Kill here with you. Uh, so, and, and we've got a few options. Uh, for, so your options are barbed wire, seashells, or Legos. Uh, 
So what do I do? I pick the least favorite. Yeah. So kind of, kind of, you know, you know, the the old version of like fuck, Mary kill. What's your, what's your, yeah, most favorite to least favorite, I guess, between okay. between um, those. Well, so I'm gonna kill barbed wire because I, I absolutely hate barbed wire. Um, I'll fuck Legos and, and I'll marry seashells. Those don't hurt at all. <laughs> okay. So now why now why do you, what's the uh, what's the hatred of barbed wire? Other than um, it hurts. <laughs> Uh, it, it, yeah, it hurts. Um, so basically, most of the scars that I've gotten have come from barbed wire, and it just if it if it cuts you the wrong way, it's very jagged and it, it just leaves an ugly mark, um, and it heals really bad compared to like if you get cut with glass, it's a very clean cut and it heals a lot faster and a lot nicer than than the barbed wire does. And then seashells not that bad at all. Eh? That's actually that's. That's kind of good to know in a strange way. That's, I've only done it once, though, so I mean, maybe it was just adrenaline again. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> is there any? Is there anything out there that you that you've seen that's made you go, "Oh, I want to, I want to try that"? Uh, you know, weapon wise, that you haven't that you haven't used yet. Uh, that I haven't used yet. I see. I think I've done that, but I think I've pretty much used everything. <laughs> My big thing now, I've just been trying to find different ways to bump on chairs and like ladders. Um, that's been kind of fun. Um, no, there's only a couple things that I've seen that I, that I won't do. I see like those like razor boards and those knife boards, and that's a hard pass on those. Um, that's a little too far. But other than that, I feel like I kind of tried everything I feel like I need to try. I can, I can, you know, just find new ways to do things with what I've already done. The one thing that I, I thought of that I haven't done yet, I'm not sure if I'm going to do it, um, I, I toyed with the idea of taking a bump onto, like, uh, fishing lures, um, but it Ooh. just didn't work in the match, so I didn't do it, yeah. The one that always gets me is, like, the, was it the gusset boards or whatever those are? Those are... Yeah, the gusset plates. The those, gusset... Um, wasn't that bad. I actually had a, uh, a video go somewhat viral of someone sticking one um, in my trunks and giving me a super dick, so that was pretty funny. jeez. Oh, so, <laughs> so. Now, um, is it, who are some of the people out there, because again, you've only been doing this, in, like I said, you're not even a two years yet. Um, do you kind of have like, I know like uh, the big thing for a while was like Cody when he joined, you know, when he got back into the independence, he wrote out his list. Uh, of people that he kind of wanted to work with, and he got to check off a bunch of those. Who are some of the people uh, on the on the indie scene right now? Obviously, if we're going to start opening up to WWE and AEW, we, we've got a whole another litany of of people out there. But um, who are some of the people on the indie scene that you uh, maybe haven't had the chance to work with yet that you that you're kind of eyeing that you'd like to? And who are some of the people on the independent scene that you've worked already that you're like, no, I want to do that again. Um, yeah, so for one that I want to do again, I actually get to do it again in December. Um, I'm getting flown to Illinois. Uh, Neil Cutter is a guy that I had the best match I've ever had in my career with him. So that was another, that's another one. Um, and we'll actually have a ring this time. So it's, I'm pretty excited to see what we can do with that. Um, some of the other guys, uh, like local, like Florida, like Serpentico um, and Rios, Jay Rios are two big ones that I really want to have matches with um, and for no other reason than 
Uh, well, not no other reason, but um, just two guys that I, I really respect. I think they're amazing and also underrated as workers. Um, and also sometimes I feel that with all of the, uh, the hardcore stuff I've been doing, my actual in-ring ability is being overlooked sometimes. Uh, so it would be really cool to be able to step in the ring with like one of those two guys and like show everybody that I can actually wrestle and I don't just have to jump off of high things or you know take glass to the face or anything like that. Um, but then also, I mean, there's a, there's a million people. I'm a big fan of... Um, I'd like to wrestle Effie and Jamie Senegal and then also uh, a guy named Chris Bay out on the, the West Coast is, does some, some really awesome stuff. And actually, you, you brought up an interesting point that I did have listed here. What Was that be, because you do the hardcore and, you know, kind of deathmatch stuff, do you sometimes feel like you now have to almost convince people to go the other way with you? It's like, no, 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 I can, I can wrestle still. It's not, you know, this isn't the be-all, end-all of it. Do you think you have a harder time now because of that, um, getting those uh, yeah, matches? Yeah, I don't have a hard time yet, but it's trending in that direction. So just, you know, keeping my schedule where I have, you know, just, you know, where I can have normal matches in between the, the more hardcore stuff, uh, just to keep myself balanced and, you know, have constant um, videos and matches for other promoters that want to book me because, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do death matches everywhere. Um, and I don't want to. I don't want to be the guy that does only death matches. You know, I, I enjoy doing both. So, yeah, because I I feel like it could be real easy to get kind of pigeonholed in in that type of scenario when you are doing death matches. That that's that's all somebody sees, and that and that's too bad sometimes because there are you know a lot of the death match wrestlers are also excellent wrestlers and and should get the chance to to show both if if at all possible. So, um. Would there, actually, that's an interesting question. Is there anybody out there that's kind of a uh, known for being more of a deathmatch wrestler that you'd like to work a regular match with, just to just to show everybody up on that one? That like people are going in expecting blood and guts, and then you guys work a like a like a Benoit Guerrero match from you know ninety four. Uh, a big one is uh, I know he's injured right now, but G Raver, um, man, that guy can go. Like he's a really good wrestler. He's just so known in deathmatches that um, I feel like he kind of gets, like you said, like people just they go to see him in deathmatches at this point. Um, but he's a guy that I think I would really like to just have a normal match with, match with if nothing less, just to stick it to Cornette too for talking all that shit up. So, <laughs> Any, uh, we like to, we like to refer to him as James E. Relevant here. What are your thoughts on Mister Relevant? Uh, you know, not a big fan. He doesn't. He doesn't like um, half of the sport I do. So right now, for actually, interestingly enough, for for Jim, uh, for you know Jim, he uh, hosts a show fairly recently that I think you would, I believe you would reference that that you didn't quite, you weren't quite into it, uh, which was right. the NWA show Power. Um, yep. So what now? Now, mind you, and and again, this is where I'm going to show my age a little bit. When I got into wrestling back, you know, in like '83. When I was six, that was the wrestling that I remember watching—the old NWA TV shows that the you know that were filmed in the the studio with you know them playing the Road Warriors theme music for legitimately three seconds when they ran and beat the crap out of everybody and things like that. What? Why? Um, so is it, is it just a little too old school? What was it about? 
that show other than Cornette, because don't worry, I groaned the same way you probably did when he showed up. Um, it's like, oh, fuck him? Yeah. <laughs> but, but, it's, uh, you know, it's just not my style. The, the post I made, it, it got a lot more attention for me saying that I didn't enjoy the show than what I was actually trying to say, that I was glad that there's something for everybody now. Right. Uh, you know, it's just, yeah, it's just not my style of wrestling, minus, you know, Eddie Kingston's promo, which that guy's just gold when he talks. Um, Everything else, it was just, it, you know, it just wasn't what I enjoy about wrestling. Um, but yeah, like I said, the, the post was more to highlight how no matter what you like in wrestling, there's something to watch, um, as opposed to that I just didn't like the show. But <laughs> Yeah, the, the the Eddie Kingston, I believe it was Shut Up, Let the King Speak line, uh, yeah, gave, was so, was, gave me such a great, because I'm a huge Kingston fan anyway. Um, but yeah, that was like when he threw that one out there, I about lost it. Cause that's, that's, yeah. And for me, like I said, being an old school guy, that's definitely the, you know, the way to go on that one. Uh, I enjoy it. Hopefully give it another shot sometime. Maybe you'll, maybe you'll, you'll get into it. I'm not sure. So, um, other thing I do want to ask you about, uh, for, and, and actually Cornette got involved with this too. Um, a little while back, uh, somebody had come out and talked about how professional wrestling should probably be considered more of a performance art versus being a considered a sport. Um, and I know we on the show have weighed in on this one before, but uh, what were your thoughts on the the idea of sport versus performance art as it pertains to professional wrestling? Um, I don't. I don't hate. It's, I mean, to me, it's a little bit of both. Like, you can't have one without the other. Like, I mean, it takes the athleticism. It's kind of a sport, but at the same time, like, it's not a real competition. You know, it, you're working together. It's, it is kind of like a dance or, a, you know, a performing art. So, you know, I can see both ways on it. Um, even, you know, neither one really bothers me. Just, like, the, the word fake that pisses off so many people. I don't really care if people call it fake because it's, it's a fake fight is what I try and explain to people. Like we still, you know, athletically use our bodies and put ourselves through ridiculous amounts of, you know, punishment. Um, you know, everyone has their own opinion on it. I try not to argue with too many people. <laughs> so, and then, uh, Last one here before I kind of go into our big final three questions from here. Obviously, uh, the big competition lately has been the Wednesday Night Wars with NXT and AEW. Now, obviously, if any of those contracts lands on your uh, lands on your desk, you're probably going to quickly sign either one of them because you want your this to be your career. I would assume. Um, so. Uh, but I'm, I'm always interested if you had a choice to go anywhere and that's NXT, AEW, New Japan, you name it. If you kind of had suddenly like all the contracts are open to you and you go anywhere you want, where would you like to go? Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of what AEW is doing right now. Um, if nothing else, and they kind of, they've opened up that door a little bit, you know, kind of back to the attitude era that, you know, that's what I grew up with. So, um, you know, it's not like over the top, but they, you know they, they've introduced you know a little more like hardcore stuff, the blood, you know, stuff like that that is appealing to me. That that's what I like in wrestling. So um, I think they're they're my favorite right now. Okay. Now let me let me ask you a question before I get into our, our infamous final three questions. Are you are you a Florida native? Were you born down here, and or, or are you have you moved down from elsewhere? 
Uh, I moved from Madison, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Okay. Well, then, then my first question might be interesting. I don't know if this will this will fit in the area. But uh, question one, what we lovingly refer to as the Trevin Adams Memorial question, even though Trevin is not dead. Hi, Trevin, if you're listening. Um, uh, so obviously, in the sport of professional wrestling, uh, you do a, a, a lot of the drives, as uh, Uncle Bob Evans would like to say. Um, it's late night, you're, it's two, three in the morning, you've got a rumbly and you're tumbly, uh, you come over a hill and suddenly there is a shining beacon in front of you of food delight. Is that a shining beacon standing in front of you a sheet or is that shining beacon a Wawa? Um, well, I only know what Wawa is, so I'm right. going to see what Wawa <laughs> Okay. And that's. And that's kind of why I pre, pre, preset that question because a lot of times it uh, sheets is more of a, a like upper northeast type of thing. So that's but that's definitely kind of the big battle on that one. So um, now coming down from like Wisconsin, do you have anything in Wisconsin that's similar? I know a lot of people have things that are similar to sheets. Like in Texas, they have something called Bucky's uh, and things like we that. Got, do you have, uh, we got Quick Trip is a big one. Quick Trip, okay. So which they have some of those down here too. So that's. So, well, excellent. Well, question number two. Uh, in this performance art we call professional wrestling, we tend to lose a lot of talent early, sadly. Uh, with that being said, if there is uh, anybody that you could uh, work with, uh, learn from, et cetera, et cetera, that is no longer with us, who would that wrestler be and why? Uh, probably Eddie. Uh, just because everything he did was so perfect. I didn't. Sure. I feel like I didn't appreciate it enough as a kid, but going back and watching just how he moves in the ring, is, it's it's almost like another level, and he's on the top level, so it really says something about him, I think, and, and his body of work. Definitely. Now, uh, Eddie is obviously a very popular answer to that question, probably the most popular answer to that question. Uh, so uh, when when it comes to Eddie, which uh, which version of Eddie was your famous? Was it uh, ECW Mullet Eddie? Was it uh, you know uh, LWO Eddie was it uh, you know a Latino Heat Eddie, which I think is probably the you know the big one. Which which Eddie was your kind of your favorite from his career? Um, I, I definitely yeah the Latino Heat the, the later stages. Um, once he uh, he did that tag team with Chavo when the SmackDown brought in like new belts. Yeah, um, he, he had those awesome matches with Edge and Mysterio, and then. He rolled into that U.S. title run and that whole thing up until like the WWE title and, and beyond was was probably my my favorite version of him because I feel like it was the most like authentic him. They kind of just like let you know him be him and it wasn't right. like too much of a stereotype compared to earlier in his career, right? Where he was a little you know pushed more. Um, so yeah, probably that one. I actually my favorite run of his was actually right before he passed away when he turned heel again. Um, because he was such a dick, <laughs> um, and the, the cell phone ring song and all of that. I really, I really liked what that and where that was going. And then, you know, unfortunately, he passed away soon after that started. So let me ask you a question: Since you you've been now uh, in wrestling, obviously, I'm sure you do a lot of you know a, a lot of research and you know watch a lot of old tapes and stuff. Who I'm interested to know who is somebody that you didn't know about when you were younger that you've now discovered. Um, kind of going back, you know, going back into their um, the history books. Uh, who have you discovered lately that made you go, "Oh wow, I wish I w- I wish I could have been there for that type of thing." Who who is that type of wrestler that that caught your eye? Um, the big one, actually, and it's awesome because a little bit of a spoiler, but I'm I'm actually getting to wrestle him um, in a couple months. Uh, is the great Sasuke? 
Wow. Um, yeah, I didn't really know anything about him until it was he worked like a local, not a local, but um, an indie event, and they brought him in, and I watched him, and um, you know, it was like this is a fifty year old dude just like going hard, you know, and then like my coach, the dude who trained me, was. You know, talking about you know how he remembered him from back in Japan or whatever, and I, I went back and started looking at him, and um, you know, it was just a guy that I didn't have, even have access to watch when I was growing up. Minus, you know, I know he had runs, um, small runs in the, the WWF back then, but not not the uh, the old school tape from like Japan and whatnot. Very cool. <laughs> Sasuke is a good one too, man. So. Um, so, uh, final question here, uh, for us for today. Uh, we here at the IndyCast believe that, uh, all animals in nature have certain traits that, uh, help with their survival. Uh, for instance, giraffes have the long necks, rhinos have the big horns, etc., etc. Uh, we believe that the, uh, human's trait for survival is the ability to use weapons and tools. So, with that being said, Alex Ocean, if you could fight any animal... What animal would it be, and what weapon would you use? <laughs> to fight an animal, huh? Um, I mean, I'm trying to win. I I would hope so. It seemed it seemed to go in bad. It seemed to go in bad trying to lose. So. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, I like a challenge. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to pick, like, a gorilla. I feel like they're the most badass animal. Nice. Um, yeah, weapon of choice. Um, I mean, I don't want to make it too easy. Um, maybe, like, a uh, like a machete or something. Okay. <laughs> Very nice. Not too many bladed weapons. Seems to be the blunt weapons has been the way to go lately, but bla- I like the bladed weapon. I appreciate the machete portion of it, so... So, well, Alex, this is the uh, part in the show that one uh, Mr. Brian Cage has officially given us permission to call Get Your Shit In. Uh, it's where you can uh, let everybody know where they can uh, find your social media, buy your merchandise, etc., etc. The floor is yours. And awesome. Yeah, uh, Twitter and Instagram are both at the Alex Ocean. Uh, I got new merchandise coming soon. I'm actually very low on what I currently have. I don't have any online stores, so if you want anything, uh, just DM. And, um, yeah, that's about it. I'm about to make my first tour through Mexico for uh, DTU, so if anybody follows with that, I will be there for the next uh, two weeks coming up. Um, yeah. Well, very nice, sir. Alex, well, once again, thank you for uh, joining us on the episode today. We definitely appreciate it. And to all of our dozens and dozens out there, wrestling nerds, thank you for uh, once again listening to the IndyCast. Uh, as always, uh, everybody, my name is Chad Allen, and we always say... Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 3,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 100 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Greetings, everybody. Chad Allen here from the IndyCast. Uh, well, I guess, obviously, they're listening to the show. Uh, here to talk to you about Phil Singer Game. Uh, I know you've probably heard us talk about it uh, before if you're a listener of the episode, but if you're not, Phil Singer Games for over 30 years has been the top wrestling card and dice role-playing style game 
that's on the market right now. An absolute blast to play uh, if you play the Champions of the Galaxy version, where you can pretend to be one of the many stars from the future and battle them out to legends of uh, today from here on Earth with guys like Andre the Giant and the Road Warriors, or to the most recent independent up-and-comers. You can play any single one of them, or you can even play them against each other. It gives you the chance to have those dream matches you never thought you wanted to see until right this moment. And you can find out all about it on philsingergames.com. There are hundreds of wrestlers to choose from. Tell them the IndyCast sent you. Go to philsingergames.com. Just shove it in my face. I'm ready to greet the day, you fucker. <laughs> Every single one of you guys has made a horrible decision. <laughs> it's that dirty-ass Meryl Street. We are, we're touching wieners. Not touching wieners professionally. Ric Flair said fuck a six-pack, and he never lost an ounce of pussy. What I am is a big, queer, stone-cold Steve Austin. Mom, save vagina.